bravery is there in the way they play. And what about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, thought a sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett. The three of them in the back row. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Well, hello. Tuesday evening off the ball, we have lots to discuss. Katie Taylor, I think it's fair to say, has spent much of her life surpassing expectations. Billy Walsh had a front row seat across the years to many of her great achievements. On Saturday night, Billy was watching on Helpless Like the Rest of Us for maybe her greatest. So Billy Walsh is going to join us half past seven. Meanwhile, on the hurling front, it's amazing how a handshake is what lingers in the memory. But that's pretty much where we are after the weekend's hurling. Uh, Despite wins for Galway and Clare, we will talk to Tommy Welch at 8 o'clock, which should be interesting. Uh, Plus, the All-Ireland champions taken out in the football. Conleth Gilligan will talk to us about Derry Tyrone. First win over Tyrone since 06 for Derry. Plus, busy football show, Villarreal, Liverpool. We have Dan McDonnell here in studio. We have Adam Pope of BBC Leeds checking in as well. 53106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Mick McCarthy here in studio. Hello. Hi, Joe. And Richie McCormick. Hello to you. Evening, Joe. How are you? That was quite the moment on Saturday morning at Madison Square Garden. I thought you were going to talk about Georgie Kelly's goal for Rotherham uh, on Saturday afternoon, which is almost uh, equally as miraculous. But, Sunday uh, morning. Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll talk about the boxing <laughs> if you have to, Joe. Um, God, it was amazing, wasn't it? Like, it's one of those fights um, where you have goosebumps before there's like even a punch thrown. And then the punches thrown only served to add to the sense of occasion and the sense of brilliance and wonder at what you're actually watching unfold because it was like we very rarely get to see two fighters absolutely at the peak of their game or two combatants or two teams who are like absolutely head-to-head peak of their powers going head-to-head and that's what we got to see play out on Saturday night and and that's what made for the drama of it all because like neither one of them were taking a step back and and how Katie managed to come through that round five and still kept coming forward and was coming out before Serrano before the start of each round the mental toll that that took on the Puerto Rican should not be underestimated but by God what a great fight it's kind of interesting when Katie Taylor was standing between rounds initially. Mm. And so it seems reading different pieces that her calf injury over the last eight, nine months has been far more serious than we realised. So she admitted on an American podcast ahead of the fight, I hadn't quite seen it, but that for the Jennifer Han fight and the Sharapova fight, September, December, respectively, she was fighting with the torn calf. So there was a degree of not sitting down, not letting the thing seize up between... Yeah. Rounds. I would suspect then at a certain point in that fight, just sit the hell down. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you need this minute. <laughs> yeah, let's just take uh, this minute. I'm looking forward to having Billy Walsh on because he would never have been, I suspect, a ringside largely because of the amateurism of uh, Taylor's early fights. He would never have seen her take that punishment. No, absolutely not. And I don't Eric think Donovan never taken that kind no. of punishment to be honest. And yeah. Eric Donovan said previewed the fight for us brilliantly on. Uh, Wednesday last week and he was certainly making the point that look Taylor needs to fight like an amateur here she needs to be in she needs to keep moving she can't afford to take the concussive power that phrase sticks in your head when you hear it he can't take Serrano's concussive she can't take Serrano's concussive power is what he said and so when the fourth round started to edge in that more concussive blow Mm. territory I was thinking let's just get back to being an amateur again and then when it was being unloaded in round five, I thought, well, she's done here. Yeah. So 
I suspect Billy thought the same. I suspect lots of us did. I wondered if the referee was going to stop the fight at that stage. I, I, I don't know what allows you to come through around like round five. Is that conditioning? It, does it go beyond that into your, your spirit and your psyche? <laughs> uh, but these are the kind of things that were crossing all our minds. Billy Walsh, I'm sure, included. So, um, you know, Eric said on there, uh, we had Eric on the show on Sunday, Donovan. He said, like, great fights have chapters. Yeah. This had three acts, this fight. Mm. And act two was no fun. But it made, <laughs> a, it made act three all the more remarkable. But you know what I was thinking during act three, say, and especially in the aftermath? Yeah. Do you remember the conversation we had last week and I think it was you pointing to Steve Bunce about something special but my thing was like there is a bit in the Irish psyche almost of us expecting the worst in some ways like believing in somebody to a point and that Katie I think has probably brought us higher than anyone else but at the same time there was this fear that she's never faced anybody like this before and when we were in that fourth, fifth round fifth round in particular there was this feeling of We've seen this before. We know how this ends. It, not with Katie Taylor, but with so many other Irish fighters that we've been invested in that just went to that extra level that they weren't good enough for. Mm. And Katie's the only one that flipped that in the script. Now, I mean, actually, sorry, there is Bernard Dunn against Cordova. Definitely, you know, I, I don't think that fight was at the level of what we're talking about here. But at the same time, he did turn that around that night. But other than that, I feel like that was where... Katie Taylor puts herself above in so many ways she's above it already but in you know that particular one is like this is somebody a sports person that we have to believe at at the highest 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 level and last week we questioned it of course we did everybody in the world did we didn't know how it was going to be but that's why this is such a big deal because more than ever before she proved that she could come true the, like the lowest of the low. I mean, I, I can't remember a fighter coming back from such a bad... And to come back and box so brilliantly. That's the other thing. She came back and didn't just, like, survive for the rest of the fight. Yeah. She came back... Like, the seventh round was a thing of beauty. That's what... Like, the, that was boxing as the sweetest of sciences. You know, like, that was what it was. So, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think there's a... You don't like these conversations to be reduced to simplistic things like pride and emotion, but I can't... That's the overwhelming feeling. On Sunday morning, I was listening to you talking with Ronan and, and, and with Eric on um, on the show on Sunday, and it was just... The whole time, I was just, like, beaming with this pride of what Katie Taylor has given us, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, I know it can sound simplistic, but that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. We should uh, press on, because we do not make time for Billy Walsh, who's going to join us this hour and you know <clears throat> his opinion of uh, Taylor couldn't have been higher you suspect in advance of Saturday but somehow it's probably gone up another uh, notch or two so Richie we're starting the news round it is as ever with thanks to Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day and there is Champions League this evening Oh yes, and uh, no small matter as well over in Spain where it has been teaming down in Villarreal ahead of tonight's Champions League semi-final second leg. Liverpool taking a 2-0 first leg advantage into that game as they hope to reach a third final in five seasons. We'll start with the hosts tonight. Uh, one major return for them. Jerónimo uh, Maruli really starts in goal. That familiar back four then Juan Foyt, Raul Albiol, Pau Torres and Pervis Estepinian. In midfield then Giovanni Lo Celso retreats somewhat to the right-hand side of that uh, midfield. Danny Prejo and Etienne 
Christian Kapoor in the centre, Francis Coughlin's on the left. The returning Jared Moreno is up front, 13 goals for him. He missed the first leg uh, so far this season. And Boulay Diap uh, partners him up top. For Liverpool, slightly more familiar look to them, 4-3-3 as ever. Alisson starts in goal, back four of Trent Alexander-Arnold. Ibrahima Kanade, of course, has been a fixture in Europe so far this season. Virgil van Dijk and Andy Robertson complete that uh, defence. Then in midfield, it's anchored by Fabinho and either side of him are Naby Keita and Thiago Alcantara. And up top, it's Mo Salah, Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says the atmosphere with which they contended on Saturday will stand them in good stead tonight. A good example was Newcastle now because the crowd was obviously very passionate as well. But we didn't let it happen, which was the biggest the biggest quality of this game. It was now not a show of football brilliance or whatever. We had our moments. We of course could have scored more goals. Um, but the, how, how clear, how clear cut we, 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 we just the, the performance was. That was that was incredible, and that's what we have to be. Yes, emotional. Yes, being there, really ready to 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 play the best game ever. Uh, but knowing it will not just happen in all moments. We want to press here and there, but the old players still can happen. So then we had that. Does it's not be suffering? Doesn't mean you suffer for long. It means you suffer and react, and that's what we have to do. They are at this extraordinary point in their respective seasons. Liverpool in particular, I suppose, because they're fighting on three fronts still and have fought on a fourth, where even for these absolutely enormous games, Champions League semi-final, he's in rotation mode because he just has to. If they're going to keep going and Mm. get all the way to the end of the season without limping, they just have to do it. Because even against Newcastle, when you're watching them bring in Milner and Gomez and Jota and you're leaving out Salah, Alexander-Arnold... At Thiago for what was a very tricky game Newcastle 10 wins in 14 and now this evening it's Champions League semi-final uh, second leg and he's leaving out Henderson he's leaving out Diaz who I think has supplanted Jada, and even has, Man yeah. City are leaving out De Bruyne at the weekend Ellen Road screamed on Saturday night in advance desperate leads home crowd evening kickoff. you've got De Bruyne on the bench Mara's on the bench Silva on the bench I know City have a hell of a squad especially at that end of the field but everything about it screamed ambush yeah. and they would have known that and they still Guardiola and Klopp are still having to rest frontline players for games they really would rather have them play <laughs> yeah absolutely of course yeah but it just shows you the like it's the squad depth and also it's what sets these two teams apart and they did it obviously in, in 2019 where it was unheard of for teams to go and win every every uh, you know you thought there'll be twists and turns to come you know and there never was mm. they just kept winning all the games and that's they can do this you know like they're they're going to meet in the Champions League final I'm almost sure you know Liverpool are probably going to go and win the FA Cup with, at a, beat Chelsea in the final and they're probably going to win all their games in the Premier League and City are going to win by a point yeah. and that shouldn't be like we shouldn't be suggesting that and sound sane <laughs> you know it's like the, it shouldn't be able to be happen and it's more than likely going to happen Like, and that's because you know you're right I got a bit of a fright when I saw the Liverpool team on Saturday but you know they were well good enough those players that they're bringing in are really really good players that would be on nearly any other team The last time I remember this kind of rotation for games this big does go back to the treble year when in FA Cup finals you had Sheridan and Solskjaer yeah. starting and Nicky Butt was their only central midfielder left for the Champions League so he wasn't even playing I think Beckham might have been in central midfield against Newcastle but regardless okay. there was incredible rotation in the last month and I think yeah. City and Liverpool have reached that point where it just has to happen it, it felt back then though it was more injuries and suspensions based now maybe in the Cup final 
there needed to be because obviously they had that massive game in the last Premier League game of the season against Spurs and yeah. they had the Champions League final but it did like you know Skulls and Keane were obviously suspended in the in the you know there was injuries well, as well yeah. Keane got injured in the FA Cup final did he? he had to go off injured yeah right okay his, his ankle was trampled I think it might have been Gary Speed the late Gary Speed who injured right, in the okay. final from memory but certainly like York and Cole you're arrested Nicky yeah. but we're not risking you yeah. FA Cup final and like Mad. it'd be nice to win the treble you don't want to lose that <laughs> FA Cup final uh, but that's where that's where Liverpool and City are, are now so uh, Kenny Cunningham in tomorrow in studio tomorrow for Real Madrid against Manchester City having right. that four as interchangeable as they were though was kind of quite famous at the time that you could have Sheringham, Solskjaer uh, York and Cole and not really lose anything no matter who you played yeah like that was a first. Liverpool are getting to that point yeah. now, and and that's you know you talk about where we you know just a couple of years ago when they were as good as they are now, you know that was certainly the that was their their issue. If somebody got injured, Divock Origi was winning Champions Leagues for them. Yeah, you know, but and winning them now, well. No, no, absolutely. That, that wasn't meant to be a dig at Divock Origi, but him. he's not going to be picked on a night like this. Whereas now we can say Jada Firmino pop on in. Mm. So Richie, more football this evening. Yeah, a huge match uh, for in the race for championship promotion is underway at the Vitality. Bournemouth can seal a return to the Premier League tonight if they beat Nottingham Forest. However, a Forest win would take them above their opponents on goal difference with one match of the season remaining. 15 minutes played at the Vitality. Still Bournemouth nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Sticking with Bournemouth and their midfielder David Brooks says he's delighted after successfully completing treatment for cancer. The 24-year-old was diagnosed with stage 2 Hodgkin lymphoma in October. October, but says he's excited to start the journey back to full fitness and playing again after being given the all clear so hell of a boost for Bournemouth heading into that game scoreless it remains yeah absolutely so the Crow Park talk is real is it? Seemingly so, yeah. A rematch between world champion Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano is being planned, at least, for Crow Park in October. That's according to The Independent, which reports that Taylor's manager, Brian Peters, is back in Ireland working on the project. Promoter Eddie Hearn is backing the bout at GAHQ, but getting streaming network to zone on board will be crucial in making the fight viable. Taylor, of course, beat Serrano in New York on Saturday night to retain the undisputed lightweight championship. Billy Walsh joining us in a couple of moments. So we have uh, interesting news. Stephen Bradley, it looks now like, is heading to Lincoln. They've made a formal approach. You don't do that unless uh, you're fairly confident, I would say. And there seems to be interest uh, heading in the opposite direction as well. Of course, there was interest, it seems, last season from MK Dons, but this seems a little bit more solid this time round. Lincoln, as you mentioned, making that formal approach for Bradley. The English League One club sacked Michael Appleton at the weekend following a 17th place finish in League One. Should Bradley decide he wants to leave Tala after six seasons, then Lincoln would, of course, have to stump up for a compensation package. It seems his assistants, Glenn Cronin, Director of Football, Steve McPhail, uh, could also follow suit and head over to the League One club. Wow. Ouch. Well, that's a that's a that's actually a big add-on there to that story, isn't it? Yeah. Um I'd be interested to hear what Dan has to say about this obviously because like Bradley and himself and what happens to Rovers is very interesting. But also who comes in for Rovers and how they how they manage that? Do they go for a big name? Do they go for a League of Ireland stalwart type or do they try and do what they did with Stephen Bradley? Have we ruled out Roy Keane? No, but we haven't ruled out Robbie Keane who was mentioned. God, God, it, it came up in conversation <laughs> in the office, not necessarily with... Uh, th- th- there's just whispers. And I'd be interested to know if Dan... If, if, if those whispers had re- have reached Dan, then we could be in for a conversation. So we'll find out after nine o'clock. Robbie V. Duffer. Robbie V. Duffer. Uh, tell me yeah, this. For the battle for seventh. Yeah. <laughs> we have Tommy Welch on the way. You're a hurling man, Michael, to your core. What did you make of Handshake Gate? 
Oh, I was deeply uncomfortable <laughs> watching yeah. Handshake Eight. Uh, it was. We talked last week. We previewed our handshake. It was like this little joke that we had. I felt almost silly last week saying to Eddie Brennan, "Oh, we'll be keeping a close eye on the handshake at yeah. full time." It'd be fine. It'd be, it'll be no, yeah. it'll be a non-event. Absolutely. It was the t- complete and total opposite of a non-event. And look, I mean, there is a, there's we could get into. Look, we're going to talk about it, and it's interesting. And the truth is, nobody knows what really happened, or whether it was even much of an incident or it's something that's been completely blown out of proportion but you look at that close up of Brian Cody's face after he pulls him back it's it's not nice no. you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go too far on this because as I said we don't know but like that's the best I can say it's like really unpleasant or something so you know you hope that it was just a momentary thing and things have passed but you know given what's happened in Henry Shefflin's life in the last couple of months and given what um, you know all the history between those two I really didn't like it I have to say I just found it very disappointing yeah I'm the same yeah so I think a huge part of it to be fair is we've just lost the match in yeah. the most heartbreaking and potentially unfair manner in, in Cody's view and he's making his way towards the referee mm. is what's happening and Shefflin calls after him and that's when it happens. So look, if if, but, it's a, if it's a 15 point win, then I think you get a very different Cody. Uh, also, people are saying, well, oh, is this, um, you know, Cody disagrees with Shefflin going to another county on some principled kind of a stance. This is a, you know, go, goes against the grain of GA ethos. That is absolutely not it. I mean, when Eddie Brennan of Leash went up against Cody, it was warm handshake, warm smile. So this isn't a... Going to Leash you're isn't trying Kilkenny to usurp Kilkenny, though. Going to Galway, their biggest rivals in Leinster, ex- is a big, big move. No, I accept you know? that, but yeah. I'm just saying this isn't a principled thou shalt not go for to another county as hope a Kilkenny not. man. I hope because, not, because that would make it... But it can't in, be if he's friendly towards Brennan when Brennan's the Leash manager. So I'm saying it's not Again, that. Leash aren't the... Leash, leash. Yeah, so that makes it a more... Oh, you're challenging me kind yes. of a thing. So it's not yes. some principled ethical kind of... Right, as an overall sense. Yeah, yeah okay, I understand what you're saying. Because yeah. I've, seen it, I've seen it suggested, oh, well, look, a, G- a GA man like Cody doesn't think much of someone going to manage another county. It's not that. Now, going to manage a rival... Yeah, a real rival, yeah. That's could different. knock you off your perch. Uh, and the other thing out there, and, I, you know, it's been said by various people who would know, is that Shefflin was approached a couple of times to join the ticket and didn't so maybe he sees that as something of a challenge yeah. but uh, like I'm totally with you if you can't park all that given yeah. their relationship what they've been through then I don't know and it was I mean <laughs> it was quite interesting that I thought it was cold at first glance on the live coverage which didn't have the full handshake mm. bizarrely by the way Yeah. and so I, even then I kind of half quipped on Twitter geez, this makes Keen McCarthy look like a loving but then a few hours later when you see it on the Sunday game yeah highlights in fairness to the Sunday game you could criticise them for a lot but they did the handshake justice <laughs> bloody right they did <laughs> yeah. and I suppose it's the bit where Shefflin goes after him and then he's gone so it's, it's, a li- it's cold you're like mm. oh god that's a pity it's cold yeah. fair enough but then Shefflin's body is gone and then you can see he realises my hand has not moved yeah. and there's a in fact there's a tightening there's a flicker of surprise mm-hmm. and a kind of raised eyebrow and he Quick, quick look behind him, and then slow motion, admittedly, but the look, <laughs> the look, I was saying, is, uh, it's withering, it's it's hostile, and and I, you know, to your point about geez, are we all, oh, you can, are we imagining things? Are we, you know, reading too much into it? Of course we are. There's a degree of that, but, 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 
you don't need to look, look any further than Henry Shefflin for the surprise looking back afterwards yeah. and trying to you know what? process what he's just witnessed and, and going what the hell is this yeah. I've just played out the Apre match uh, analysis of this in my head as you've been talking there like the pausing of each frame the circling of the eyes the hold it there the look at that look Bill look at that look that's meanness that's, that's withering uh, yeah do you disagree I, I, I don't know I just I, I find the whole thing um, ugly's, ugly's probably too far but it's it's as you mentioned there. It's it's not nice. It's not. It's never pleasant to see people who have been in such trenches as they, together, mm-hmm. and achieved what they have achieved together, to, as is evidenced by that handshake, fall so far apart. Like that, and that's that's yeah. ugly. That's 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 horrible when it happens in in a family sense. It's horrible when it happens to friends. It's horrible when it happens to teammates. And you're always going to figure that those two, because they're such. I, I guess such even keel characters that you don't think that either of them has it in it to be vengeful mm, or to be Cody you know, even uh, <laughs> but, but in in terms of in terms of in terms of manner and in terms of mood like you'll never see him re- uh, we rarely see him red raw in the face and re- yelling and screaming or you know going off at somebody so to I, I think would, uh, I to think what's behind been, that yeah funny I, I think what's behind that I wouldn't describe him as even killed at all no I, I've, I've seen him lose the head uh, quite a number of times I you know I think we can probably talk about this again, but like there's an element of Brian Cody that's been praised for many years as one of his defining qualities is his ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether, you know, I understand why that is praiseworthy and why it's, you know, led to so much success. But at some point that has to go past the point of being worth worthy and of being acceptable. Yeah, you know, and I think that like at some point is like, what are you being so ruthless for? What is it all for? Is it to win eleven All Irelands and be the greatest manager of all time in the greatest county of all time, and so on? I don't think it's personal accolades for Brian Cody. I think it's about being on top and being the best, and I understand that. But it's still only a game, and I hate to say that as sports, show. it's like it's not as if we don't take sports seriously, but it bloody well is. That's a human being that you've had a relationship with for fifteen years. That something has changed in your relationship because he's gone to manage another team well I don't know what know? it is and look, no, of course we don't know what it is That's again and, the, and the, uh, there is a little bit of us projecting on what that is I did think as well though I I thought that there was an element of Cody thinking that he was being disrespected by Henry that they shook hands it was cold but it wasn't unacceptable as you as you mentioned that was what you had seen and he said oh, coverage, it's a cold yeah. yeah and then Henry kind of turned away and I was wondering was Cody like looking back at him and giving that look as if to say I wasn't done with you here, kid. Yeah. You know, as in, like, who are you to turn away from me? You that, should... T- that, you, that crossed you never, my mind You never well. said thank you. You never said well done. You never yeah. said anything. I wonder, was it something as simple as that? There was a momentary thing from Cody where he went, who the hell do you think you are? And that mightn't have been premeditated. It mightn't have been anything. And by the time he got into the dressing room, yeah. they, for all we know, they could have had a pint together. I know. It did cross my mind as well, to be fair to Cody, that he thought, hang on, you're being called with me here too. Like, yeah. come back here a second. That's it, yeah. So there's a bit of that as well. And of course, I accept before anyone points it out, we're all talking about this too much. But it's funny. <laughs> but it's funny. Can we like, talk about it more? Though? Sorry, but at the same time, everyone's like, Geez, we're talking about this way too much. What was anyone talking about on Sunday? If you're into sport, what were you talking about? Yeah, it was absolutely. that. You know, um, what did you think of it? What was your reading? Like, and uh, anyone who's saying, oh, move on. They were talking about it as well. Uh, oh, Richie, sorry. We're running out of time. But, mm. but, but, mm. but. 
we got to talk Ronnie. This was yeah. amidst a, a weekend of headline sport, which kind of dwarfs this understandably. Uh, the snooker was so good. Yeah, I still contend that there's possibly no more uh, fascinating a character in world sport than Ronnie O'Sullivan. You could dissect that man uh, mentally every which way and still not get to what makes him tick. But he did claim a world, a record equaling seventh world snooker title. Yesterday, the Rocket withstood a spirited comeback from Judge Trump earlier in the day to complete an 18-13 victory at the Crucible. O'Sullivan cut an emotional figure after the win and was asked for the reason behind that by Rob Walker. I was quite, I've, I've been quite emotional uh, the last three or four years, to be honest with you. I think as you get older, you start to. Um, but no, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just there it is, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, weird, weird, mate. Greatest moment of your career? Uh, one of, one of, yeah. I'd have to say probably the greatest, uh, the probably the best win of my career, you know. I'd have to say that, you know, because I, I felt like I played all right. I felt like I played all right from start to finish and, uh, and I had to fight for it. And yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah, marvellous, marvellous moment, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was so. Did you watch much snooker? Oh yeah, I watched oh, a bit of a chat. Deep yeah. dived in. I yeah, thought it was the just semi final was unbelievable. Yeah, but it really is on the comeback. I don't know why because it's always been available to me. And it's all the same lads that you've been watching for years. <laughs> but uh, like it was amazing. Trump was so poor in the first session, yeah. and it was almost over. And then when he rallied on yesterday, mm. God, <laughs> the, the, long the, weekend. Job. Yeah, yesterday when he rallied and made the evening session, yeah, uh, suddenly very live again. It was amazing, and then. You know, Ronnie comes through. Uh, Trump's technique I'd never fully noted before. They no, me neither. Explained actually, yeah. it. Like, I've seen him win a world title, actually. And yeah. I, but then I couldn't stop seeing it. Same. Yeah. So whereby he, he starts by aiming at the left of the... Or is it the right? Yeah, the right. He's a lefty. At the right of the ball. And then on the strike, he moves back to the centre. So there's all kinds of movement going on there, which doesn't make sense. But he tried to straighten it up before they were saying, and it ruined his game, so he couldn't. So he comes back... Ronnie comes through. It's an amazing moment. He joins Henry. Henry on commentary is so gracious and he's saying like, I'm honoured just to be on seven with him, which is an amazingly classy thing to say. And then Ronnie O'Sullivan grabs Judd Trump and is whispering in his ear for, I would say, coming on two minutes. It just wouldn't end. So strange. Because he did it and you're thinking, this is a long hug. Yeah. And you thought that. And then a minute and a half passed. Yeah. And after you thought this is a long hug and you're just kind of going, what is going on here? This is like really, really... And you're kind of thinking, Ronnie's such a, a strange character. You're thinking, is he doing this for a laugh? Like, Who knows? <laughs> He's, now, my, 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 my three that I want to know what was said, Greg Norman and Nick Faldo, 96 Masters. Yeah. Ronnie and Judd Trump, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> They're my three. <laughs> uh, Richie. <laughs> It was pretty impressive, though. I mean, uh, he said afterwards, you know, what's it like to be on seven with Hendry? And, you know, are you happy to share with Hendry? And he said, I am for one year. So he's, he's I mean, he's gunning for eight. He's odds on for eight, I think. I wouldn't put it past him to win 10. Uh, that man can keep going as long as he wants to keep going. Like, like I say, one of, if not the most fascinating figures in world sports, just for the sheer fact that you will never, ever, ever understand what makes him tick. The only thing that you can appreciate is that he's, he's genuinely the best to ever pick up a queue. And yeah. I don't think that's in yeah. dispute anymore. I don't think the numbers even even matter anymore, how many world championships. He is just a phenom. It's, mm. a, it's a joy to watch him play. It has been since day one. Yeah. And you will tune in just to see what he does. And it's very few people across any sport have that kind of magnetism to just make you want to watch them. They don't even have to do that. And he could be sitting in the chair waiting for his next shot. Yeah. You're watching him because he's just that magnetic and that good. And when he does get to the table, he can do some special, special things. It's amazingly his 30th World Championship. 
you know it's it's it, like snooker like his time goes by so slowly in snooker like it's it's amazing but he's only lost he's won seven titles he's only lost one final and that was for his three in a row in 2014 maybe correct yeah. me if I'm wrong yeah. but like and um, and he had a really good performance there so once he gets to the final he's lost a good few semis and some of them have been classics yeah. like he should have more than seven realistically know. you know in a weird way but um, once he gets to the final I think that says everything about someone as well, you know. It's amazing. I remember it was a gimmick when he started playing left-handed. And these days, he just switches seamlessly as the shot requires. Yeah. Sometimes breaking off Breaks with his left hand. off left-handed. I noticed that a few times, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, we are out of time. Richie McCormick, thank you very much. Nice and lads. Mike McCarthy, thank you. Cheers, guys.